You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. I have a fantastic guest today, the host of Locked On Giants, Patricia Trina. We'll be here to break down what's going on with the New York football team heading into this 2021 season and what seems to be an up for grabs NFC East. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt Williamson and myself and, of course, you can follow along to Peacock and Williamson, Locked On Dynasty, Locked On 49ers, and Locked On Giants on all your favorite podcast apps. And joining us now is Patricia Trena. She covers the New York Giants for not only Locked On Giants, but Sports Illustrated, GiantsCountry.com. She's even got a little book out, Big 50, Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, which is Hi. really cool. Patricia, thank you for joining us uh, once again to talk New York Giants football. My pleasure. Good to talk with you both. Absolutely. Great to have you. Um, I'm going to stay right in and a kind of exciting thing about this team, the weapons. I mean, it, it's pretty clear that there's a couple teams in the league, Miami, Philadelphia comes to mind, where they're just putting an enormous amount of weapons around a, I don't want to say struggling, but young developing quarterback. And the Giants are like the epitome of this. And in the process, they pick up a first round pick while doing it. Is this the best group of weapons you can remember on this team? Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, long yeah. overdue, long overdue, I might add. You know, you look back, and I, I don't want to keep making like the comparison with Eli Manning because it's not fair, but what helped Eli Manning as a young quarterback going into his third and fourth and fifth seasons, having a tall receiver, an, a legitimate X receiver in Plaxico Burris? And while Daniel Jones hasn't had that, He's had a bunch of smaller receivers. Yeah. Um, when you combine that with the fact that, yeah, yeah, when you when you when you combine that with the fact that you know the offensive line protection has been kind of spotty, um, really, I don't think the Giants ever set Daniel Jones up the way you saw maybe Kansas City set things up for Pat Mahomes and Buffalo set things up for for Josh Allen. You know, obviously Buffalo added Stephon Diggs uh, after the fact, but you know. That was my biggest um, complaint, if you will, about the Giants in the transition from Eli Manning to Daniel Jones is that they just didn't have things in place for this guy to succeed. So now they've added Kenny Galladay. They've added Kyle Rudolph, who is a, you know, a, a red zone threat that they haven't really had. Um, we'll see if John Ross sticks around. They've added Kadarius Toney, who's going to be probably their future at slot receiver. And then they have Darius Slayton and uh, Evan Ingram. And um, I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? Um, Sterling Shepard. Yeah, yes, Sterling right. Shepard. How can I forget Shep? And Saquon. Me. <laughs> and Saquon, right? Yeah. And Saquon is going to be part of you know part of that receiving group. So yeah, this is and a Kelvin very Benjamin? diverse and and, right. and dangerous group. Kelvin Benjamin there too. Is he a tight end or a wide receiver? Oh yeah, going on about him. him. Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, you know, I don't know if Kelvin's going to make the roster, but yeah, he's 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 in camp. Um, he's working to convert to tight end. Um, I, again, I don't know that he's going to make the 53-man roster. Maybe he makes the, the practice squad and they kind of, you know, bring him along because, you know, that, that that's not an easy transformation from what little we were able to see during the OTAs and, and the mandatory minicamp. You know, there's still a matter of learning how to block in line and use, you know, take the right angles and all that stuff. So, but yeah, he as a receiving option, certainly somebody to keep an eye on this summer. 
So we, we've got to talk about Daniel Jones here because this is a huge season from my vantage point for Daniel Jones with those extra first-round picks. And I do want to talk about the draft and, and maybe an, an un-Gettleman-like draft move that we saw this year, which is really exciting, I'm sure, for uh, Giants fans and even people who covered the team. But Daniel Jones talked about his weapons, and he's got the opportunity now to take that next step in the NFL. What have you seen from Daniel Jones to start his career? What are what signs are there that would make a Giants fan believe that Daniel Jones is on the cusp of that breakout? Well, the thing with Daniel Jones is he's entering year two of this offense, so he's going to be a lot more comfortable, hopefully, with what he's seeing and what he's doing. You know, he's always been a good huddle presence, a good leader, um, a kid who works his butt off. The thing that Daniel Jones has to show, and he hasn't shown it necessarily in the first two years, and I didn't see it all the time, and granted, in, in the OTAs and minicamp, even though that wasn't run at full speed, is he's got to speed up his mental processing. You know, a lot of times you watch him, and he holds on to that ball just a little too long. Now, I do think the additional speed that they added at receiver is going to help him. I think the return of Saquon Barkley is going to help him. You know, they didn't do a lot of uh, pre-snap motion. They didn't do a lot of play action, I don't think, last year. I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but I know it wasn't a lot. So these are all things now that they are going to be able to do that's going to help Daniel Jones now, the big question mark, obviously, is the offensive line. You know, is that offensive line going to finally get it together and be more consistent? That remains to be seen. But, you know, the Giants have done a lot to to upgrade the talent around Daniel Jones. He has also done some things, too. Like towards the end of last year, he cut down on some of the turnovers that he was that he was uh, experiencing earlier in his career. He made um, better throws, I thought, better decisions down the line. But Daniel Jones needs to go from being a game manager to the quarterback who can load this team on his shoulders and carry them across the finish line. And all too often in the first two years of his career, we haven't seen seen that. You know, they've run out of time or whatnot. But I think, you know, there were little signs of him getting a little bit bolder, a little bit more comfortable with what he was doing. And I think those are things that Giant fans can hang their hat, their hat on. One thing about Jones while we're on that topic that I thought was encouraging when he was healthy was they started to incorporate more design quarterback runs. And I'm not sure our listeners all realize how athletic this guy is. I mean, quarterback draws, things like that, where there's some space, he picks up eight yards, slides, great first down. I mean, I, I think that needs to be something that they continue to do. Yeah, but they have to do that, I think. In, in, they have to pick their spots because you yeah, don't yeah. want your quarterback being your leading rusher. And I think he was the leading rusher up there. He was certainly up there last year. Um, the other thing that worries me, and you know, call me old-fashioned, I would rather see the quarterback sit in the pocket and use that mobility to escape pressure as opposed to just take off and, and run with the ball you know, five or six times a game because that's where Daniel Jones has gotten hurt. And, you know, you have to you have to weigh the pros and the cons of sending him on design runs and whatnot. And you're right. He is very athletic and mobile. And, you know, that's the whole element that they never really had with Eli Manning. But I think you have to use that wisely. You can't keep going back to that to that. Well, because, you know, you put him out there as a runner and now he's you know, if, if he takes a shot and you lose him for a game or two or three. Now, what do you do? Yeah, that's always a tough you know, uh, conversation there because you want to use 
a quarterback's legs, but a running quarterback can become a hurt quarterback, and then you can't use that quarterback's arm anymore either. And uh, I know there's a lot of conversations happening around the league with that when we see more and more athletic quarterbacks uh, entering the situation. Um, When it comes to quarterback, I want to continue that conversation because it seems as if the New York Giants have put themselves with the trade on draft day, moving back, gaining that extra first-round pick. If Daniel Jones does not take that next step, that would mean the Giants have two first-round picks next year. Does it have to be this year that Daniel Jones takes a massive step? Because if the Giants are in position to draft a quarterback next year, you can't be unsure about Daniel Jones at that point, right? And it would be a time to move on, and they have that opportunity with those two first-round picks, whether if they can move up or you know still just draft a guy high. Um, and maybe part of that is how high they're drafting will tell the entire story because if they're drafting in the top 10 again and have an opportunity to draft a quarterback there, that will mean that things didn't go well in 2021. Yeah, I think absolutely this is a make or break year for Daniel Jones, who incidentally, when he was asked if, if he thought this was a make or break year, he said he didn't look at it that way. But look, let's look at what happened with the Eagles and what that happened with Carson Wentz. The Eagles thought that they had their franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. They extended him early. And what happened? Things fell apart. Wentz is no longer an Eagles, uh, a member of the Eagles. And now the Eagles are in cap hell. The Giants can't afford to do that. They just can't. They have too many big contracts that are going to swell next year and the year after that and the year after that. So they need to be sure that Daniel Jones is the guy before they say, okay, you know what, Daniel? We're going to extend you. We're going to bring your pay up to to par with some of your contemporaries around the league. And if they're not sure about that, then, yeah, they may have to go back to the drawing board. And that would kind of stink if they had to because, you know, they built up this team and they feel confident that he can be that guy. But, you know, you have to be 100 percent sure. You can't be 90 percent certain, which is what I would put their, you know, if I were to gauge their certainty Regarding Daniel Jones, I would say that would be a good uh, figure to go on. So, yeah, it, it, it comes down to, to money. And you're right. They did add the extra first round pick. And, you know, if the Bears don't do well, if that could be a potentially top 15 pick, if not a top 10 pick. And that would give the Giants some ammunition if they wanted to move up to get a quarterback. But, you know, I love what Dave Gettleman did in the draft this year with all the trades and the extra draft picks, because now he has. Uh, the different pieces to move around and basically do whatever he needs to do at the time, whether it be a pass rusher, maybe it's a quarterback, maybe it's, you know, something else, who knows, but uh, just tremendous, um, you know, insight by David, Dave Gettleman to just make sure that he, he set this organization up for any possibility down the line, as opposed to having to scramble. More with Patricia Traina coming up. Let's talk Saquon Barkley. What to expect from his ACL recovery? How's that going? Dave Gettleman's shocking draft, at least shocking to me, draft. And can their defense take them where they want to go this season in the NFC East? Let me tell you about Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing, and you can track all that action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, information, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, even all your UFC, MMA action. They got so much going on here. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device. It's super easy. And check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams preps for their runs for the playoffs as well. 
Uh, head to the website and or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On, all one word, all caps, Locked On. That's 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I want to get back to the offensive line real quick because you know no one could have seen COVID coming or the opt out for Nate Solder, and a lot of teams had to deal with such things. But that's hard to get over. Although I'm not sure what he has left at this point. I like Matt, Matt Pert a lot. And I love that pick that they doubled down on tackles. And and people look at Andrew Thomas and think, wow, that guy's a bust. That's a terrible pick. But I thought he got a lot better as the season went on. And people only say that because Tristan Wirfs and uh, Mackay Becton and some of those guys picked ahead of him played so well. But the interior of this offensive line really worries me, to be very frank. And I know Zeitler was expensive, but... I think they might regret moving on from him as early as they did. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that worries me as well. And uh, just l- let me just quick touch on on the tackle situation. The thing with Nate Solder, he's going to likely be the swing tackle. You know, Matt mm-hmm. Hare, they want him to be their starting right tackle. Andrew Thomas, remember, he played with a little bit of an ankle injury that required offseason surgery. Plus, you throw in the 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 uh, situation with the coaching, which wasn't really stable. You know, you went from Mark Colombo to uh, Googs. Um, mm. I still can't say his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shame on me. And I'm Italian too. But uh, so they went from Colombo to Googs. And, and you know, there was just a bunch of, you throw in the fact it was a new offense, new everything. And, and you know, but Andrew Thomas got better. And I think he's going to be okay. The interior does worry me. Um, you know, Nick Gates did well at center, but at guard, you have Shane Lemieux, who is penciled in as your left guard, played well as a, as a run blocker, but pass protection just wasn't there. Um, very inconsistent. Now you're moving Will Hernandez, your left guard, who, who by the way, has been a career left guard going back to his high school de- days, and you're asking him to move to the right side. And Matt, you you probably know this, you know, from your from your time scouting. That's not an easy transition for an offensive no, lineman sure. to make. You have to rep that over and over and over. And you can do drills. And you know, Will Hernandez is working on that, obviously, in his offseason training. But until you're out there and you're seeing live competition, it, it's not the same as doing drills, I don't think. So that is a concern for me. And then here's the other concern I have. And it's interesting because I spoke with Brian Baldinger for Locked On Giants a couple weeks ago, and I, and I asked him, I said, look, you know, they basically don't have that calming voice out there. You know, Zeitler was a guy, right? been right. there, done that, saw just about everything you could probably see. It's important. So, so you know, when you have a stunt or a twist, and let's face it, the Giants' interior offensive line, they didn't handle stunts and twists very well last year for whatever the reason. So now you don't have that voice of experience and, you know, a guy who's been there and seen a lot. Now, what do you do to settle that unit down? Who's going to settle them down? Is it going to be Gates? Is it going to be Lemieux? Is it going to be Hernandez? You know, you're you're missing that. And I I just feel like, you know, they have guys who are on par with one another as far as experience go, but they don't have that senior voice. And, you know, somebody said to me, well, Nate Solder can be that voice. Well, yeah, Nate Solder is probably going to be on the sideline. Is he going to have the same perspective during a game as the guys who are actually in the pit no he's not so i don't know that you can make that that comparison to finish up the offensive side of the ball we've mentioned saquon barkley a little bit how's his rehab going there was i think a quote 
that maybe he's not quite as ready as some people had hoped for uh, being there day one of training camp. I saw a clip of him working out and he looked heavier. I don't know if it was an angle, uh, but I, I don't know if he's on the Kelvin Benjamin diet, but I was a little bit surprised. He's always been Quadzilla and a thick guy, but I, I thought he looked heavier than uh, I would expect somebody to look in June getting ready for a season. So should fantasy drafters and Giants fans maybe pump the brakes a little bit on expectations of Saquon Barkley being the same guy as early as week one this year? Yeah, I would definitely. And um, here's the thing with Saquon Barkley. You got to remember, he's going through a an injury and rehab process that he has never gone through before. This is probably one of the most serious ones he's ever experienced. This was reconstructive ACL surgery, not repair, reconstructive, which is much different than repairing it. So usually it takes a little longer, I think, for it to take and to, to determine that it's stable and you can run and cut. And Barkley right now, you remember, he's doing all these drills and stuff. The ones that we're seeing on video, he's doing it without all the equipment on top of it, which makes a difference. That's about, what, 40 pounds extra equipment that you're wearing that you have to carry. Um, so that's something to take into consideration. But the thing that struck me about Barkley is, you know, usually when you ask a player how they're doing, you know, what's your what's your plan? When do you think you'll be back? Oh, I'll be ready for training camp. I'll be ready for the start of the season. I mean, I I can count on, you know, I, I've it, it's been endless the number of times an injured player has said that. And the fact that Barkley hasn't given a timeline, hasn't said, oh, I'll be ready for training camp. I'll be ready for week one. That to me makes me wonder if there's a little bit of uncertainty as to when he will be ready. And then you throw in the fact that they added Devonta Booker in the offseason and Dave Gettleman, I, I'll, I'll never forget this because this really stood out. Dave Gettleman, when speaking to us after free agency, the you know the main thrust of free agency, made it a point to say that Devonta Booker is an every down running back. And I thought, okay, so you're kind of setting everybody up to the fact that this guy might be called mm. on a little bit more while Saquon still kind of finishes his rehab. Now, for those listening out there, I'm not saying that Saquon won't be back. He will be back at some point next year. I will not be shocked, though, if he is significantly limited, if at all, you know, um, first week or two of the season, because they want to make sure this kid is ready to go and he's not going to have a setback, because that would just be awful if he got out there and now all of a sudden he's taking you know, 80% of the snaps and boom, you know, he, he suffers a setback. That would just be terrible. And they don't want that. And he doesn't want that. As we transition yeah, to defense here, I want to talk about David Gettleman for a second because uh, I liked what they did in the draft. I loved the Aziz Ojolari selection in the second round. Added another outside pass rusher there. And he only fell because of injury concerns. He should have been a first-round player all day long. Um, I want to get your thoughts on him and the defense, obviously, but Kadarius Tony round one, Aziz Ojolari round two after the trade down, but the trade down is the big one. How, I mean, did, was there like a collective gasp with uh, <laughs> Giants media seeing David Gettleman trade down in the NFL draft? I was blown away by that. Who is this guy? Yeah, it definitely was. I know I, when I saw that first trade down, I was like, What? I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I I was actually sitting here. I remember I was covering it and I'm, I'm sitting here going, you know, in the first round, I'm going trade down, trade down, especially after, you know, uh, the, the two receivers went off the board and Kyle Pitts was gone. But in the second round and I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm going, 
okay, is he going to stay put? And I'm thinking, okay, maybe he goes offensive line. But I, I, I can't remember who the offensive line lineman was, but a guy came off the board and I thought, okay, I'd like to see him trade down, but I think I'm getting you know a little greedy here. I don't think he's going to do it two rounds <laughs> in a row. And lo and behold, he not only does it, but you're right. He gets a a pass rusher that should have been a first round talent. I, you know, I I spoke with um, the guys over at Locked On Bulldogs, and they, you know, they were adamant that Ojulari was going to be a first round pick. And I said, well, the Giants will never get him, you know, because th- we were thinking twenty around, you know, around twenty, somewhere in that twenty to thirty range for for Ojulari. Um, the fact that he was there, I was like. Wow, they really got a steal in this kid. And, you know, you think about it, the Giants haven't had a solid homegrown pass rusher since Jason Pierre-Paul. You know, last year, Lorenzo Carter started to show signs of being that stud that they've been missing, but then he had the uh, the Achilles injury. So they've got to replant the seeds. And, you know, speaking with um, OCU Manure a couple of years ago for, the, for a show, we talked about that, how there's nobody there to really show – the future generations, how it's done. They brought in, you know, patchwork people, you know, who don't really understand the the history and the tradition of the Giants pass rush. And now they have a chance to replant that garden, if you will, and grow some really pretty flowers in the pass rush department. Yeah, that, that's well said. And you touched on Lorenzo Carter. I don't know if people realize that's how talented that young guy is too. Uh, I'm an Ojolari fan, both Georgia guys, just coincidentally, O'Shane Jimenez is in that conversation, but you're right. There's no veteran. There's no, you know, pass down the tradition type of guy. So there's some interesting young options, but to me, that's still the spot on the defense. I'm probably most concerned about. And in a way, I mean that as a compliment because the rest of the defense is pretty solid. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you look at the the defensive backfield, you know, I was, uh, I'm writing an article right now, uh, taking a break, obviously the tape of you guys, but you go and you look at not just the NFC East, but six out of the 10 uh, teams last year who ranked at the top of the NFL receiving yards are on the giant schedule, Kansas City, the Bucks, Atlanta, the Chargers, Dallas, and Las Vegas. You got to have the, the horses, if you will, to defend these guys. And they finally have that, I think, in the def- defensive secondary. Um, but to your point about the pass rush, how many times have we seen with the Giants, they just barely missed getting to the, the quarterback, whether it be a pressure or a sack or, you know, a hurry. And the reason for that is because maybe the back end of the defense wasn't able to hold its coverage. So, the front end and the back end of the, of the defense, they work hand in hand when it comes to that pass rush, as you guys know. And I think by upgrading both the front end and the back end, you're going to see better results this year. If everybody's healthy and everybody, you know, fits in and Patrick Graham will figure out how to fit all these guys together. I mean, he's just so creative and so, you know, I, I, he's got to be sitting there just rubbing his hands going, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait because he's got to be excited with what he's got here. And I just think that the Giants pass rush is going to be a lot better than what we have seen in recent years. Yeah, it's such a big one for the Giants this year is that pass rush specifically off the edge. Can they generate that pressure on opposing offenses? And Patricia, next, I want to ask you about Eli Manning give you the opportunity to defend his name because I know there is a lot said about him and how good of a quarterback he actually is. I want to get your perspective on that and continue a little bit more on this Giants defense and where they sit in the NFC East next. 
Do you want 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com? Well, listen up and I'll tell you how you can get a tasty treat, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, I'm staring at a box of Built Bars that I built myself. You can mix and match three flavors. I love the peanut butter. I also wanted to try some other flavors, so I went with toffee almond and one of the six new flavors, cookies and cream. 130 calories in the cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate, not a brown colored flavored chocolate weird coating. It's legit chocolate. So get some yourself at 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. Another guy I want to mention on the Giants defense that I'm really falling in love with is Dexter Lawrence. And I think people look at him and say, oh, he's just a big nose tackle type. I think he brings a lot more than that to the table. I think he's very athletic. He's quickly developing. And when they go to nickel and dime, there's not many interior pairings better than Lawrence and Leonard Williams in the league. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. You know, a lot of people, myself included, when the Giants lost Dalvin Tomlinson, we thought, oh my goodness, what are they going to do? But Dexter Lawrence is very underrated. Now, he's a big man, as you mentioned, and, and a guy who, from his rookie season to his second season, made an effort to, you know, slim down, improve his um, his his durability, his, you know, his stamina so that he could be out there. Where Dexter Lawrence still needs to kind of I guess round out his game a little bit more is finishing some of his pass rushes because he can push that pocket. Mm -hmm. And when you've got somebody helping you push the pocket to where now, if you're Leonard Williams, you can slip in there for a sack or two. Um, That helps. Definitely. Um, I think the giants would like to see maybe Dexter Lawrence finish off some of these, these pocket pushes that he has. And he, you know, to his credit, this kid is a, for, for a young man, I think he's, he's what, 23, 24 years old. So like, I don't want to say, I don't mean this in a bad way, but he's so old for his age. He's so wise, so mature, mm-hmm. so focused. I was like, I felt like, you know, a couple of times when I've spoken with him one-on-one, I felt like I was talking with a guy who was older than me and I'm, you know, up there <laughs> in age. Um, not that up there, but, you know, still. Um, but yeah, Dexter Lawrence, uh, very underrated on that defensive line. You know, people say, oh, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson's gone. What are they going to do? Dexter Lawrence is a guy, I think, that can really step up and, and, and deliver for them. And I'm excited to see what they, what they you know, how they deploy him, especially now with, with um, Dalvin Tomlinson gone. I've got one more for you, Patricia. And this is one that, Matt, I'm not sure if you saw this, but there's some fun conversations going on in the Locked On DMs. And there's some folks that, that were trying to go at Eli Manning. And you were doing a pretty good job of defending Eli Manning. And you might even have a podcast with uh, Marcus from Locked On Cowboys at some point. I don't know if you guys have recorded that yet with with maybe uh, some of these conversations. But what do you say to those people who think that Eli Manning is maybe not a Hall of Famer or uh, is extremely overrated because he got his two rings? Because I know a lot of people love to hate on Eli Manning. Yeah, I tell him talk to the ham. I'm sorry. <laughs> and yes, I did have a I did do a podcast. I think it was last week with Marcus. 
uh, Ross actually, Ross Jackson um, of, of Locked on Saints hosted it for us because I just wanted it to be as equal as possible. Okay, but like a presidential look, debate. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty serious. Yeah, we 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 definitely, you know, it, it, it was a, a serious debate. But anyway, my my thing with Eli Manning is, look, yeah, you can look at the stats and Marcus threw out a whole bunch of stats. But at the end of the day, what's a quarterback's job? Quarterback's job is to carry your guy or carry your team rather over the finish line and win games and ultimately win Super Bowls. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know I, I even wrote an article for this. Eli Manning had quite, I want to say, at least three dozen come from behind victories, which was important. Eli Manning won two Super Bowls. And, you know, people say, well, what about the defense? Well, the, the one Super Bowl that they won, I think the Giants had the 25th ranked defense that year. So, you know, yeah, the stats are nice. It would be great if Eli Manning throughout his career was was like Tony Romo, constantly generating all these stats for fantasy football players. But we're talking reality here. And in terms of, you know, what he brought to the team, and by the way, I think Eli and the Giants should have won one more Super Bowl. I think 2008, they were really in good position to win another Super Bowl. And then, of course, unfortunately, the whole Plaxical Burris situation uh, happened. Mm. But, you know, for me, Eli, I think, I don't think he's underrated. I think he's been a great represent, representative of the Giants for, franchise. He's been a solid quarterback. You know, is he, you know, flashy like a Joe Namath? No. Is he interesting? No. Maybe more so now <laughs> that he's retired on Twitter. I mean, he's his, his Twitter account is a must follow. But, um, but as far as what he was brought in to do and how he did it, I don't care that he never was a top five passer, you know, passing yard guy. I don't care that, you know, his, his quarterback rating for during his prime was under 95. How many Super Bowls did he win? Did how many times did he, you know, lead that team to victory? That's what I care about. And I think that's what a lot of people care about that support the argument that that he is not overrated. A lot of people treat game managers as a, dirty word but I mean there's never been a, a guy who was a better game manager than Tom Brady who everyone considers the best quarterback of all time and we've seen a lot of those with the 49ers who people consider some of the best quarterbacks of all time uh, in their heyday so um, yeah uh, the game manager stuff I'm with you did you win what's the scoreboard say and Eli Manning uh, maybe he wasn't statistically with some other of his contemporaries but the dude won and he did what his team needed to do to take home the Lombardi, which is, in the end, the ultimate goal. We'll see if the Giants can get back there, maybe win, uh, maybe take back the NFC East this year. Patricia, really appreciate you jumping on with us. All kinds of great insight. You guys can find Patricia on Twitter, at Patricia underscore Traina. Of course, the host of Locked On Giants, Sports Illustrated, GiantsCountry.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Patricia. It's always a pleasure to chat with a professional like yourself. Thanks, guys. That's it for this week. Thanks to Patricia once again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, Matt, enjoy your holiday vacation. Everybody have a safe 4th of July weekend. Be back Tuesday right here. Peacock and Williamson.